what I want to talk to you about today. I, the Lord began to speak to me a couple of months ago now, and it has, as I mentioned to you last Sunday, it has rocked my world. Now, I hope, hopefully all of you will feel like this once I'm finished today, or maybe it was just me. But we're going to talk today about mastering what I believe the, the Christian, particularly the Godward person, has been given the power to master. And that is, we're going to talk about mastering time. Right. Time is, it's, it's one of those things, if you know me at all, you know that it's been a quest of mine to understand how we are supposed to grab hold of time and empower us to, as I mentioned already, to take over the future. Now, that might seem a little whacked for you, but I believe that God very much intends right now for the kingdom of God to flourish in the earth. I believe that the reason, you know, we have gone into such a dark season, dark being defined as fear, dread, and selfishness, that the fear, the, all of that stuff that has been growing almost out of control in our world has been doing that because it is coming a season where the kingdom of God out of that is going to flourish. In order, I believe, for that to happen, we have to gain control over time. Now, the way that we do that is kind of weird, and so I want to be able to spend a little bit of time in Scripture so that by the time we leave today in the next, please don't tell me that's 46 minutes, in the next little time that we have together, there's one specific thing that I'm going to try to get to at the end. That's why I'm not going to be able to quit early. I'm going to try and be on time, but I can't stop until, until I, get I get to the, the end. end. So, so here's, here's what Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 11 says. In him also, who obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him, who works all things according to the counsel of his will. The word that the Lord brought to me a few months ago is this word predestined. Now, this word predestined is made up of predestined. Sometimes when I try to talk and write, it don't work that well. It's made up of two words, the word pro and the word horizo. Now, think about when you think about the word predestined and how we have understood that from a Bible perspective. You probably think much the way I thought that the future is pretty much already laid out. God already sees it. It's like a DVD, right? If you're watching, so I've always seen it anyways. And it's always, now that I understand what this is about, it has radically changed the way that I see the future. I've always seen the future like it was a DVD. When I, when, you know, if I were to go and watch a movie uh, from 10 years ago that you saw, but I didn't see, then I can watch the DVD, but you can stand there saying, okay, this is what's going to happen now, and this is what's going to happen now, and this is what's going to happen now, and this is what's going to happen now. 
So it's like the guy who's in the movie doesn't really have control anymore. Do you understand the feeling of that? That even though we are going to do our little you know, tap dance up here and we're going to try to change the future and you know, increase the harvest or decrease the pain or whatever we're trying to do, there really isn't any way that we can do that because the future is already set. We're just sort of players that wander along. It kind of has to be like that because God can already see the future. You know that, right? He's already looking at me tomorrow. Well, if he's already looking at me tomorrow, then I don't really have any control over tomorrow because tomorrow's already there in God's eyes. Not in my eyes, but in God's eyes. How many of you ever thought weird like that? And so we kind of become quite fatalistic about life, wouldn't you think? Like, we'll try if you want, but you're not going to change anything. And what happens to us because of this concept that the future is already set. That's how God, isn't it? Isn't that how God can prophesy? Like in the Old Testament, they said that Jesus was going to be born in Bethlehem. So that's set. It's done. He's not going to be born in Fort Erie. God already said, because well, the reason that God could say that, think this through with me. The reason that God could say he was born in Bethlehem was that he was already watching him be born in Bethlehem, in God's eyes, because God is timeless. God can just roll the DVD ahead like you do with a YouTube video, and you can see how it goes on in the year zero. And you see, oh, look, he's in Bethlehem. And so then you prophesy 500 years before that and say, born in Bethlehem. What does that tell us? That tells us that everything is already set. There isn't really, you, you know, you don't really have any control over your life. You're just a robot wandering through pain, pleasure, pain, pleasure, pain, pleasure, die, go to heaven. That's kind of all you're doing. And there's this illusion that we would like to create for you that says you have the ability to control somewhat of the future, but you really don't. That's just making you feel better about the fact that you actually don't. No, that's not true. When you have taken a look now at this word predestinate, because it's been a thing, like I said, you know me, I'm on the hunt for, for the ability to control time. I think that is the one thing that is presently outside the control of men. And so I want that one. And so he zeroed me in on this word predestinate. And he began to talk to me about a movie that I watched a number of years ago, probably that is common experience to all of us. How many, go ahead and put that picture up, guys. How many of you remember this scene? Okay, can you stop the video for a second? Okay, I'll play the rest of the video in a sec. How many of you remember what movie we're in? Oh, Back to the Future, okay. Um, to, to set up what's going on here, Marty McFly, who is Michael J. Fox, Mar uh, 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 Marty McFly has got a time machine that he has taken and traveled back in time to the time when his parents are teenagers. Where he is right now is he is in the high school prom night of his parents. What's happening in the background is that uh, when he shows up into the past, his mom gets smitten for him, which means she doesn't get smitten for his father. What happens because of that 
Now, and what happened, well, he brought with him a picture of his family in his pocket. When this, this part of the movie is moving forward, the people in the picture are starting to disappear. The reason that they're starting to disappear is because the mom is not falling for the dad. She's getting sidetracked. She's making a different decision. By making a different decision, she is changing the future. Watch the rest of the video. How many of you would like to have your own time machine so that you could go backwards and fix a whole bunch of things that then would change? Listen to me. Listen to me. How many of you would like to have a time machine where you could go back in time and change some of the realities of your life right now? How many of you believe that if you did have a time machine that you, and you were able to go backwards, that your life would be different now? How many of you would say that? You should all have your hands up. Now, we all know that that's not possible to go backwards in time. Um, anyways, what is possible is that you can go forward in time. Think about what you just saw in that video. That when you changed the past, the present was changed. The way we change our future is to change our present. What you get the, what the power, and this gets even more complicated in a second, so I'm kind of going slowly because it's very, very important that you catch this, the, the point that I'm trying to get to. When God then says that he predestinates each one of our lives, that word is the word prohorizo. 
Now, you can all see that this word we recognize. How many, what, what, what word do we know in English language that's close to that? So that's pretty close to the word horizon. The word pro is, is a word that means before. So the word predestinate means that God beforehand set the horizon. Or we, it's better to say the outer limits. So when God in, in, uh, sees each one of our lives, he sees our lives with the outer limits of our lives being set, not the individual little pieces of whether you have the things in your life right now or where you can be tomorrow. God decides the outer limit of your life is the full destiny that he has intended for you to live in your life. When God does that for a whole group of people, it is, it, it's best designed like this. That as we go down, this is now time heading this way. God has set the outer limits in order to get us to a very specific moment here. And this is very simplified. But if God has said that this is a prophetic moment, in order for us to get to that prophetic moment, which God said is there, so we know it is there. It's like the birth of Jesus. That was a prophetic moment. And we had to get all the way from Adam to Jesus and all of the prophetic voices about Jesus were going to be in place. What happens is, is that each one of the people in this thing, that's one person's life right there. Now they're inside the boundaries, and so God's really, really cool, cool with, with their, their life, life, and they're, they're not gonna, gonna, they're, they're just gonna, gonna keep, keep on going. going. And, and then, then there's, there's another, another person, person whose life looks like this, then another one like this, then another one like that, another one like that, another one like that, another one like that, another one, another one, another one, another one, another one. Then all of a sudden there's this guy that goes outside the lines. What God is gonna try to do now, because it's outside the boundaries of what we need to do in order to get to this prophetic moment. What God is going to do is he's going to interrupt this moment and get that person back inside the lines. As he continues then, he's wandering. This is all of the billions of people here who are all operating in here and their lives are being guided and it's all good where they're all good. They can be a small, they can live, they can live a short life. They can live a long life. Doesn't matter. You can have, depending on the, the destiny that you have for your life, God is not concerned with how much, well, he wants you to get as far as you possibly can with your destiny. He wants you to have the fullness of his original plan for your life, but the fullness of the plan for your life is up to you. This is how you can have God giving man choice and the ability to choose like Adam. Adam, you can have anything in the garden, just don't touch that one tree. Now, God, God could have just not put the tree, tree there. Right. Instead, he gave man choice. Remember with, 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 uh, with uh, Joshua? He says, you know, choose yourself this day who you'll serve. But as for me and my house, we're making a choice, right? On and on and on, Deuteronomy chapter 30, blessing and cursing set before you. What does he ask you to do? Choose. 
And it goes on and on and on and on and on where we're given in the New Testament, you can have the choice to serve God or not serve God. You have the ability to go God's way or not go God's way. All of those abilities now have been given to you in order to choose. Your choice changes the future. This is what's key about each one of our lives. You're not an insignificant person. There's no such thing as an insignificant person. Every single person has been given a destiny to transform the world in the time that they live. Every single person has that power. What has to be given back to each one of the children of God is the understanding that I can live a very small and insignificant life or I can live a very big and significant life in the, in the progress of the kingdom depending on whether I choose to step into that place or not. I can just decide I'm, a, I'm just going to sit in a pew and be cool with that. And can I tell you, God's cool with that too. But understand you've also been given the ability to live in, in the, you know, not necessarily the fullness of the destiny, and we'll talk about that in a second, but we can get way further down the road of destiny when we understand how to seize control of the future. Seizing control of the future is a ridiculously easy thing to do. As we saw in that movie, he was just going to guide his mom towards his dad, or his, in this situation, the dad towards the mom. And all of a sudden, his existence came into being, which wouldn't have happened if he didn't. That's exactly the same thing that each one of us needs to understand. If we can grab hold of the mechanics of what creates the future, we can begin to control the future. This is what happens in this process here. That is a narrowing. It's a narrow way. If you remember Matthew chapter 7, God's way is a narrow way. And that word narrow means that it is narrow and it continues to narrow. What's happening here is that as revelation increases, the precision... As revelation increases, manifestation increases, right? So if we understand now how to make computers better than we did 50 years ago, because we have the understanding of how to do that, now we can do that. Does that make some sense to you? It's the same way in the kingdom. When we understand how to do things according to spiritual ways, now when we use those spiritual ways, that power that's been released to us, like the power that Pastor Tina was talking about earlier, the power of faith, we can use that power. And because we, have been, because we have a revelation, and then because we have the revelation, we use it. Then because we use it, it manifests and manifests in a greater way. And the more we understand about it, the more the manifestation will be. But this increase right here in manifestation also requires an increase in precision. If the revelation, for, let's, take, let's take your cell phone for an example. They're now working on 
wires inside of your cell phone that are the thickness of a carbon fiber, which means it's a bunch of carbon molecules connected together in a row that make a wire the size of a, of a carbon atom. That's how they can make your cell phone so small. They figured out how to do that, but if we all of a sudden toss your cell phone under a truck, even though we know how to make those carbon fibers line up in a row to make a line, if we don't do things that way, even though we know to do them that way, you're not going to get the result. So the increased revelation is an increased level of precision. That's what creates increased manifestation, even in spiritual things. What that means is, as the kingdom progresses forward in time, the revelation that God is bringing us is narrowing the way. Because up here, it was wide. We weren't doing anything. We weren't getting anything done. Then God starts to show this person right here how to get something done. As that person begins to do it and then teach others to do it, the kingdom is advancing, but as the kingdom advances, the, the, the horizon narrows. Now you can't get, get a miracle here by operating out here the way we used to be able to operate out there when we were inside the horizon. What happens now as God is bringing the kingdom into this season of great abundance and, and, and harvest He's needing a greater level of precision. Because if we operate up like we're up here, we're just going to get the harvests like we're up here, which are mediocre harvests of the past. If we want to get the great harvest, the great harvest is now based on precision. When we talked a few weeks ago about the law of faith, the law of faith means that doing things spiritually, using spiritual power, which is faith, those laws work based on a very precise set of rules and understandings. It's like if you were designing an airplane. You need to understand the physics of how airplanes fly when you're designing an airplane. And then if you want to design an airplane that's going to be used by the U.S. military, for example, the precision that is required to go seven bazillion miles an hour and not crash is a much different level of precision than it is to require if you're going to play around with one of these little hang gliders. The reason is the manifestation of increase and better abilities comes not only from an understanding of how to do it, but how to do it with precision. When we are moving forward into this season of great harvest, that same level of increased revelation must produce an increase in the precision of each one of our lives. Got all that? Turn over to Hebrews chapter 11. And we're going to zero in on the, the singular factor that governs your harvest and then in brackets, 
your future. Can you rub that out again for me, Alex? You still have that cough. Hebrews chapter 11 says this, faith is the substance of things hoped for. That word hope, we've already dealt with it. We've got it over and over and over and over and over again. But remember when we talked a few weeks ago about the word substance. This is now months ago. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. How many of you remember the Greek word for the word substance? Okay, hypohistamide. You all remember it now? So it means that, that faith brings what you hope for and establishes it. That's what that word hypohistamide means. Establishes it in, the, in this natural, physical world. So by using hope, we are able to take something that is just hope, just a picture, and that picture is then produced in this natural world. Harvests or increase or abundance are those harvests in whatever area you want to increase or become abundant in. What you're going to do is when your life is moving forward, the desire and purpose of your heart is being expressed to you. The more you get healed, this is why we focus so much on getting the issues of the past dealt with, get them healed, see them from the right perspective rather than the wrong perspective. As we see them from the right perspective, our heart gets healed. The more healed our heart is, the more we can trust and listen to the desires that are coming out of our heart. Because the desires that we have in our heart are there for a reason. God set them in there. That's what Ephesians chapter 1 verse 11 is all about, that he has predestinated us according to a very specific purpose. That purpose is the destiny, the outer limit, the great vast limit that you have on your life. God says that that future is being determined by the hope that you have in your heart today. Now that word hope is also a very precise word. It isn't just a word like, oh, I sure wish that would happen. Oh, that would be nice. In Romans chapter 4, it tells us that hope is a very specific thing. It has overcome two significant barriers. This is all we've taught this before, but I just need to get to the final point here, which is going to blow your mind. So hold, put your, put your fingers over your ears because I don't want to leak it out. Okay? One, you have to have to consider not natural limitations. So the future... The picture that you see, the future that you see in your mind, most of the time when I talk to people, the, the future that they see has got outer limits. So this is their future. And they can see that far, they can see that far, they can see that far, and they can see that far, which for most people is not very far. The reason that it is not very far is because they, these are the natural limitations. So if I asked you, how much can you make in an hour? What's the outer limit of how much money you could make by working one hour? Now, whatever the number was, now you're going to, you know, you'll sort of fake it now that I've said this. But whatever that number was when you first came in your head, maybe you said $10 an hour. Maybe you said $100 an hour. Maybe you said $1,000 an hour. 
Maybe you said $100,000 an hour. Maybe you said a million dollars. It doesn't matter. That's the natural limitation that you have extended for yourself. So when God has a destiny for you to change the continent of Africa and be significant as the kingdom of God, you're thinking to yourself, that can't possibly happen. I don't have enough money to get out of town. That's, so when you start trying to imagine that, start to see that in your future, you can't see it. It's kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like a boop, 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 boop. It's not real on the inside of your mind. Because it's not real, it's, this is the key now. Because it's not real in your mind, it's not real in the future. It doesn't exist. This is the key. Until you're, and then the next level is that you stagger not at the promises of God. Which means either I'm too little or he's too big. One of the two. I'm not worthy, I don't, you know, whatever, I'm a, I'm a lowly worm, God will never do anything for me, nobody cares about me, all this kind of stuff. Or, uh, you know, God is so big and lofty, he just, you know, certainly, he's just talking in God terms, he doesn't really mean that. He doesn't mean you can always have all sufficiency in all things. He just means I might have breakfast tomorrow, but that's about it. No, no, God means the fullness of what he says. We can't see the fullness of what he says because we are staggering. Staggering creates another outer limit. Maybe I can make $10 an hour and if God's presence is upon me and I am anointed and literally glowing and vibrating with the very presence of God, maybe I could make $14 an hour. And so then by staggering, we create another natural or uh, limitation. And our future, what we see about our future is now limited. That's why the kingdom of God and the work of the kingdom of God is to set the soul of a human being free. When you are in a prison, you have these kind of bars around your prison. It's an inner limit. Predestined limit is, is an outer limit where God says, he says, you can have, beloved, I'm with you always, and all that I have is yours. If we could understand that promise, we would recognize that the limitation on our lives is a billion miles bigger than what we are experiencing inside of our soul. The problem is, the promise or the word of God has now been bounded by my inner reality. My inner reality then becomes my prison, becomes my inner boundaries, this far and no more. The future then is controlled by what you are fully persuaded is there. Remember when I talked about that, the, the chart? When we go through from this stage here to this stage here, this is the stage here. Sorry if I'm not, if you weren't here for the, they're on tape. When you step over this line, you step over that line because you are fully persuaded. You don't have it yet, but you are fully persuaded that it is there. Up until this point, you're not really sure. This is just when you heard Pastor Ian preach about it and you go, oh, he's full of crap. 
and then you finally get it and you start along this process here, along this process here is when you are getting healed of these things. When God is breaking down the barriers, these natural barriers that your soul has that says, this is how much I get to have and no more. That's what's happening down in this stage. That's why it's so hard. You feel like you're coming apart like a $3 watch because the purposes, the things that you thought were absolute, absolute, absolutes in your life, God comes along and says, no, they're not. And you go, yes, they are. And then he goes, no, they're not. And then you go, yes, they are. And then he goes, no, they're not. And it'll go on and on and on, depending on how much humility you have, before you submit yourself under him and say, okay, God, I think you're wrong, but I'm just going to say you're right just for whatever. Let's joke around. And all of a sudden, because you said, God, you're right, all of a sudden, your soul starts to open up to the fact that maybe, just maybe, God is smarter than me. When you do that, you open up yourself to get into this transformational season down here. That whole transformational season is God's way of getting you to this line right here. When you become fully persuaded that God is able to do that which he has promised. When you become fully persuaded there is now there. This is what's important. Until this moment, there is not there. This is what the Lord showed me. As long as we're, why is it taking so long? Why is it taking so long? Why is it not happening? Why is it not happening? Why is it not happening? It isn't happening. I mean, it is starting to happen, just like the picture. It's starting to come into vision. You can start to see it. In, if you could take a picture 10 years from now of what your life looks like and have that picture in front of you now, just like Marty McFly did. As you are moving along this curve to fully persuaded, that which you are fully persuaded about is starting to fade into vision in your future. Once you become fully persuaded about that thing, it exists in the future. I'm not wondering, this is what's important about it. The difficult part about the journey isn't the waiting. The difficult part about the journey is the waiting, not knowing if there is there. The waiting, not knowing whether I'm ever going to get there. And so every day I'm taking a step and going, oh, crap. It's like your kids going to Florida. Are we there yet? 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 All the way to Disneyland. That's, a, that's just a painful journey. I used to tell my kids, even when we were 20 minutes away, I would say four hours. Because as you're getting closer to the time, it used to ask, they used to ask once an hour. Now they're, they're asking once every 30 seconds. So I just keep telling them, no, we've got a long way to go still. Because the journey, this is what knocks us out of the equation, by the way. Is that the journey becomes so hard because we're really not sure if there is there. Once we become fully persuaded... 
the way we feel fully persuaded is that we already have it. I'm not wondering if I have one. It's like when I told you about the little equalizer. Remember that thing? I, I think you weren't all here, but I was on a Wednesday night, and I said that I, we had a problem with the sound, and the only way to solve that problem, I thought, was to buy this equalizer that we could pull out certain frequencies that were bugging me about the way the sound is. Now, I bought it on eBay, so I had one, but I didn't have one yet. Do you understand? It hadn't got here yet. It's in my future, and I know it's in my future. It's going to go to Mike's office, and then Mike's going to take it across and bring it to me. He's going to hand it to me, but I don't have it yet. But it's definitely in my future. I'm fully persuaded that we have an equalizer. I just don't have an equalizer yet. It's in my future. Do you see that? This is how, but the key of all of this is that if we don't get to fully persuaded, it isn't in our future. You guys settle with that. This is how the future works. The world today looks like what human beings 50 years ago were fully persuaded that it would look like. In order for somebody to get to the place where they actually did something, they would only have the courage to go there if they really believed that there was there. If you don't have the courage that there is there, along the way, you quit. You have the advantage because you have a scripture. <clears throat> and the scripture says there is there. And so you maybe you don't believe that yet, but you kind of believe that the Bible says that it says that it's there. So you're kind of on for the ride. Worldly people aren't like that. Secular people don't operate like that. Secular people have to start by believing in something. You believe in God. You believe in the Bible. You may even believe in the scripture. They don't have that. The only way they would invest their money, invest their time, take the pain and the enduring, the discipline, all of the things that it takes in order to do something phenomenal, something that's going to guide culture, is if they already were fully persuaded that there was there. Otherwise, they wouldn't go. Now, the kingdom people are just sitting around waiting for God to do something since it's already all mapped out anyhow. So we're just going to come to church and we'll play like we're controlling things, but we really don't. That's not true. The way the future works is by you and me dealing with the issues of this outer boundary, realizing that the destiny that God is calling you to, he has made all the provision necessary for you to get there. All we have to do is get set free in our minds so that we understand that the boundaries that we have set are just imaginary boundaries. They've just made our fully persuaded be something very small. I'm fully persuaded that I might make it to 72. Will you make it to 92? Will you make it to 102? Will you make it to 122? You see, we've just said, well, no, 72 would be pretty good. And so we settle there. That's just your expectation. I'm fully persuaded I'll make it to 72. All we have to do is change that and say, I'm fully persuaded I'll make it to 122. 
Now, that's not easy to do. It's not just, oh, yeah, so, yeah, let's, let's get a T-shirt that says I'm going to be... That's not how it works. We have a lot of issues to overcome if we're going to live to be 122 years old. You got a lot of people that didn't live that long. You got a lot, you know, we had been away for a couple of days. You put the TV on. Yeah, it's a big stick. God bless Netflix because it doesn't have commercials. It doesn't have good shows necessarily either, but it doesn't have... Like, I can't watch, I can't watch television anymore. I cannot stand how many diseases it's potential that I can get. And they keep going and going and going and going and going and going and going. You see, you have to overcome that. You don't have to get sick to die. You just have to close your eyes and vanish. Be gone. But we have to, but see, even as I'm feeling it coming back at me. You see how that, you're going to, you know, you... It's okay, but when you're saying these things, you're going, I'm not sure if I can believe that. That's what you, God said, I'll give you 120 years, and then a bit more if you're still not satisfied. And so he's promised that. We just set the inner limit. Do you understand? See what I'm saying? If I say you can make $1,000 an hour, if you've ever made $1,000 an hour, then you can say, yes, I could do that. If you've never done that, you would say, I can't do that. Because you set the outer limit based on the amount of money that you ever have made. Do you see that? All we have to do is get through, learn that this is the mechanics of the law of faith. This is how it works. All I need to do, this is what makes it so simple now. All I need to do is, is to change what I am fully persuaded about my future and make it bigger. Live longer, live healthier, live wealthier, do more for the kingdom. Imagine bigger things about the destiny that God has for you and the purpose for which you breathe. I love old people. That's great. You can love one old person or you can love a million old people. Just expand what you're, what you're believing for inside of your mind. It's a picture. You're making it up anyways. All we have to learn to do is make it up in such a way that we become fully persuaded. When we become fully persuaded, that thing which we are fully persuaded about appears in our future. As God is watching your future, imagine this, this is the most beautiful part and the, the back to the future part. We control time from God's perspective when we seize hold of right now. So that as God looks from heaven eternally at my life, he looks at my future a year from now and the future that was there yesterday has now changed. It changed because of what I was fully persuaded about today. And then as I live my life for the next 365 days, what's happening is I am catching up 
on that which I was fully persuaded about. Does that make some sense? I'm no longer wondering whether that thing which I am fully persuaded about exists in my life. I'm just living my life joyfully, happily, hopefully, knowing that that thing is about to intersect with the timeline of my life. It exists. Do you have something to share? And then we'll pray. I, I know. Years ago, I had a what I would call a psoriasis patch on my arm. It was probably about this big. And I spent, probably about 20 years ago, I spent years um, using the word and knowing the outer limits of God. By his stripes, I'm healed. But I spent word, uh, years declaring that scripture, and nothing changed. I got frustrated. Um, at it. I went to a prophetic meeting and out of a crowd of people the woman said, you know pointed me out and said that the, the Lord had healing for me in my arm when I left the building it was almost completely healed but I didn't deal with this and so within, I'm not sure a few days, weeks, the patch came back. At that time we started learning about this but not really understanding things and so we decided um, before ministry okay let's let's give this a go we've done this with finances we've done this with physical things um, we we've used these practices and and seen you know seen things change so as i began to allow hope the word of god to build a blueprint a picture in my mind I would close my eyes and do what the word would tell me by his stripes I'm healed and every time the problem was I had had this condition for such a long time that when I closed my eyes I couldn't see anything else and so I said to the Lord problem Lord I hear what you're saying to me I hear what Pastor Ian is saying to me but I can only I have this block all I can see is my sick arm what do I do and the Lord said to me He's so smart. Look at your other elbow. <laughs> so I got a good picture of what a healed elbow looked like. And I spent, I can't remember if it was two or three days, two or three days just throughout the day thanking the Lord for my, and I would see a clean elbow. I added the picture to the outer limits of what I had spent years practicing. But I added that element of a picture. Within two or three days, my arm was completely healed. But it wasn't through a prophecy that someone else gave me because I didn't deal with this outer limit and it came back. It was me building hope, allowing the word of God that I had spent time with and now the picture in my own heart and the expectation of my heart brought like what Lord, the Lord said to us today. Our hope is literally bringing what was out of reach and bringing it in close that through the strength of faith now we can actually grab it and and experience it so that it's so in my life that was probably 20 years ago and my elbow is still healed today amen hallelujah jesus okay so a couple of months ago i was sitting with the lord and i was asking him how do we make this practical if this thing is so important how do we make it real in each one of our lives and he showed me one of these. How many of you know what this is? 
That's an egg timer. This is a five-minute, this is a five-minute egg timer. And we've put a little label on the top and a little label on the bottom. The little label on the top says pray in tongues for five minutes. The label on the bottom says meditate on the promise for five minutes. The idea that the Lord gave us was that you would put this beside your bed. And that when you're going to bed, or when, you're, when you're waking up and when you're going to sleep, all you're going to do is you're going to turn the egg timer over and you're going to pray in tongues as long as the sand is falling. Five whole minutes. And then once you're done with that five minutes, you're going to turn the egg timer over again and you're going to meditate, build a picture. That's what meditation is. Build a picture inside of your mind of your life mixed with the nature of God and the promises of God and what your life will look like. As you are meditating through that process, you're potentially going to come up with some of these inner limits. God's trying to show you that you're going to be Reinhard Bonnke and you're afraid of airplanes. And so you can't see yourself doing what I, Reinhard Bonnke does because of that fear. And so you have to deal with that fear. That's what the meditation process is going to show you. You're going to learn the difference between something that I casually just wish would happen and what I am fully persuaded will happen. Can I give you a small example of what that feels like on the inside of your minds? I want you to close your eyes for a moment. And I want you to go... Imagine in your mind <clears throat> going to your house, opening the front door, walking into the little vestibule there, shutting the door behind you, looking from where you are to the kitchen, walking into the kitchen, turn the tap on, let the cold water run, reach up into the cupboard where you have the drinking glasses, take one of the glasses out, look at the glass, Put it underneath the spout where the water's coming out. Let it fill about halfway. Drink that cup full of water. Turn towards the bathroom that you have on the main floor. Head towards the bathroom. Go in through the door. Turn around. Lock the door. Okay, I'll stop there just for G-rated programming. Okay, go open your eyes. How many of you could see all of that vividly inside of your mind? Okay, if you've been to my house, this isn't going to work. But if you have not ever been to my house, I want you to close your eyes again. And so I'm walking in through the front door of my house. I'm going to veer to the left a little bit, and I can see the little powder room right there. As I take two steps forward, I turn to the right slightly, only about 45 degrees. There's a set of stairs right there. I'm going to walk past the stairs in between two, a couch and a chair that is sitting in the, in the library room there. We walk through there into the kitchen. As I walk into the kitchen, that's the, the, there's an island in the middle of our kitchen. I have to scoot around that island a wee bit in order to get to the faucet. As I get to the faucet, right above me is a cupboard, and in that cupboard are the drinking glasses. Now, I want you to just, open your eyes. I don't have to go any further. How many of you can tell, if you've never been to my house, how many of you can tell there was something radically different about the, what you could imagine in the first time to what you could imagine in the second time? 
in the first time, you could see you could color the door was in, your front, in the front of your house. You knew what the floor was like. You knew what the wall color was. You knew where the lighting was. You knew what the kitchen looked like. You knew what the faucet looked like. You knew what the glass looked like. You knew where the windows were. You knew what the wall color was. You know everything about that environment. It's real to you. When, if you've never been to my house and you're trying to work through it in your mind, you can kind of go along a little bit, but there's no color. There's no texture. You don't know what my stairs are made of. You don't know what my floor is made of. You don't know what kind of faucet I have. You don't know what kind of drinking glass I have. You don't even know that we have RO now so that we don't use the tap. We use something different. And so even in your mind, there's a difference between what you know exists and what you're kind of trying to, whatever. That's the difference inside of your mind. Identify how they feel differently. And then you know when you are imagining something, when you are building that meditation of your future, you are looking for it to be that real. I remember when we were years ago, I was believing for an avalanche, the pickup truck. And we finally got one and somebody came up to me and said, so how does it feel to drive your new truck? I says, oh, I've been driving it for two years now. Because you go, you live in the truck and you feel it and you drive it and you go around the corners and you feel the space and you pack the back and you're, you live inside of this in just in your mind. The more it becomes real in your mind, the more it is becoming fully persuaded. You know you have reached fully persuaded when all the emotions that you feel and thoughts that you think related to not having it go away. You don't feel the absence of that thing anymore in your life. You have it. It was like me with the EQ. I was no longer worried about the sound because I knew I had an equalizer and I knew we were going to fix the problem. So now the problem's gone. I don't worry about it anymore. I've fixed it. What you are looking simply, you boil the whole Bible down to the mechanical workings <clears throat> of spiritual power. This is what you have to do. This is the simple human mechanics of getting a hold of your future and causing your future to abound in harvests in such a way that your life has the power to direct the future. So put your hand over your heart and say, Heavenly Father, I need the Holy Ghost to make this revelation real in my life. Remove every other concept that I have held that taught me how to make the future happen because I now know this is how the future works. I can finally relax, do the do's, become fully persuaded, and then I know that thing exists in my future. In Jesus' name. Amen. So these are out in the hall. We got, I only got 100 of them. They're $5, so I really recommend that you get them. Put it beside your bed and use it 
and you'll see 30 days from now, you'll see how your life has already become transformed and you get them in the bookstore. Yeah, that's right. I want to encourage you even to buy them. Thinking like, oh, I can just set my timer on my phone. But a lot of the times it's having this more so as the, the symbol or the memory that I'm supposed to do something. A lot of the times you might wake up in the morning and be like, oh, it's my phone. And you forget, but you think, oh, what's this weird egg timer doing on my nightstand? And you're like, oh, that's right, I need to meditate. So I would encourage you to buy those. We just have a couple of announcements. Um, I hope you're blessed today. And I want to encourage you, you know, sometimes you can hear the things that he's talking about. And, you know, he did go long, which we'll give him the grace for that. God bless you, sir. Uh, but that was a joke. I don't actually care that he went long. Um, but, you know, the importance in this is understanding that this needs to be done. Okay, this is the amazing thing about this year, about what my dad has been doing for us, is giving us such amazing, simple keys. But like he said, they only work because we actually begin to work them. Amen? Okay, so a couple of announcements. March 24th and March 25th, we have our encounter number two. Okay, so this is for people who've done encounter number one and they're looking to do encounter number two. Uh, Sinus will be after service today. I want to encourage you, it's totally different than encounter one. And so if you've been through encounter one, you're thinking, oh, I've already done it. No, you haven't. This is very different, and I want to encourage you to come out and do that. Um, you could see uh, somebody out there. If you see somebody at the welcome, they'll be able to point you in the direction. February 16th, we have our paint night. Uh, which is so much fun. I actually signed up for paint night because I hear that people there have so much fun and they're doing cool things. So I'm going to see if my wife will let me paint a picture and put it up my house. Which I doubt it's going to happen, but we'll see. February 16th, sign up after service. You can see uh, there'll be a table out there. February 18th is our business breakfast. That's this Saturday morning at 9 a.m. Signups are out there. You'll see there's a table right as soon as you walk out. It's $10. Now, this is not just for men, although usually you hear about men's breakfast. This is not men's breakfast. This is business breakfast. So if you're in business, believing God to start business, or maybe you're even looking for promotion, uh, my dad is going to talk through a lot of the tips that he's learned through business school and through his probably 20 years of having his own business. And so I encourage you to be there. Uh, still more. Charitable receipts are out there, uh, so make sure you pick them up. They're at the welcome desk. Uh, I think Amy's probably going to be out there, so you'll see her. Make sure you pick them up because uh, we're getting ready for tax season. Uh, Sunday, February 19th, which is next Sunday, Bishop Robert Stearns is coming here. Uh, he's going to be preaching, and he's going uh, to be doing some music ministry, and he's also going to be releasing the word to us. Um, so be excited for that. He's really stirred because of all the that are happening right now as far as Israel goes. So I know uh, I got to be at their church a couple of weeks ago, and he really has a word, an in-season word for us right now for what God is doing, not just here, but also globally. Uh, the week of fasting and prayer is the week of the 20th, uh, so February 20th, so it's two weeks from now. It's Monday to Thursday. Uh, it's going to be happening at 6.30 p.m. here at the church. And we're going to spend some time in prayer. And also, uh, my dad has got permission to play some of the... He went to the KCM Ministers Conference, uh, him and my mom, a couple of weeks ago, whatever it was. I think it was the second week of January. And so he's got permission to be able to play some of the DVDs for us as a whole. Uh, this is like a closed group meeting, and only ministers are able to go, and only ministers are able to get the CDs. So he has that. We're going to play a couple of them. It's Monday, Tuesday. Wednesday will be regular service at 7 o'clock, and then Thursday will be kind of our grand hurrah finale. That starts uh, on the week of the 20th. I think it's the 20th, and it starts at 6.30. Also, Connect is happening. Uh, I'll be out there. You can talk to me out there starting on the 28th. That's it. Lots of announcements. So many things are happening. God bless you all.
Here we go. All right, stand up as we close today's service. Say this with me. Say, Jesus, thank you for sending me to the greatest church in the galaxy. You sent me here because you wanted to transform my life. And you want to change me so that you could use me to transform others. Say, Holy Spirit, I'm all yours. Use my life to glorify God and build his kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Somebody, before you go, there's coffee, complimentary coffee and cookies out there. Please stick around with us. Both of you on the internet, thank God for you. We trust that today's service was a blessing to you. And we'll see you next time. God bless you.